Come on, can we give it up for Jesus real quick? Come on, you can do a little better than that. You got to give it up for the creator of the universe. Woo! Everyone look at your name and say, you look good. Okay, pick your second choice. Say, you look good too. Oh, my goodness. How's everyone at MYC doing tonight? You feeling all right? You feeling all right? Um, here's what you got to know. Uh, my name is Tim Summers. I'm from Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, and currently, this weather is sweater weather. Is that true? Okay. It's cold out there, homies. All right, it's cold out there. I don't know how y'all do this. Some of y'all wearing shorts right now. I'm praying for you. I don't know how you do this. This is different. Um, hey, here's what you got to know about me is I'm ADD. Anyone ADD? Raise your hand. Wave it in the air like you just do care. Okay, two people. I'm ADHD. There they are. There they are. I'm ODD. Odd. No? No? Um, any, any odd people out there? Just a couple of odd people. Well, here, here's what you got to understand. I am Red Bull energized, ready to go. How many of you are grateful for the Word of God? We'll see. We'll see. In fact, let's do this. Um, how about if you have the cash app? Y'all know what Cash App is? All right, cool. I'm still relevant. What's up? <laughs> um, if, you got, if you got the Cash App app, stand up. Stand up if you got the Cash App. Don't lie, because this won't work if you don't do it. If you got the Cash App, stand up. All, all you in the back, too. Section 240. Okay. Um, out of all you who are standing up, here's what I want you to do. Um, if it's your first time at NYC, continue to stand up. Ooh, ooh, we lost a lot. Don't lie. I'll check with your youth pastor. Okay? All the ones that are standing up, if you have a Bible with you, the phone does not count. If you have the Bible with you, keep standing. Keep standing. Don't be getting a Bible from your friend now. Hey, red hat. Uh, okay. You had to pray about it? You had to pray about it? Who's still standing? Anyone standing? Who's still standing? You a leader, though. You ain't no teenager. If you a teenager, you would scare me. Okay, so you got the cash out, and you got a Bible? And is it, your, is it your Bible? Don't be lying now. And, and this is your first time at NYC? Come here. Come here. Give it up for her real quick. You better run, girl. I only got so much time. You better come on. You better come on. I'll put some pep in your step, girl. Let's go. Hip, hop, doo-doo-doo-doo-doo. You still walking? See, this is what's wrong with this generation. I'm just kidding. <laughs> what's your cash app? You don't know it? You don't know it? All right, all right, all right. I'll, I'll let you look. What is it? Alexa. Wong. Don't worry. It's okay. It's ain't embarrassing. Alexa, Wong, Min, One. Is that it? Everyone's wondering, what is this boy doing? <laughs> there it is. There it is. Confirm? No. I'm giving you $100. There it is. 100 bucks. Thank you for bringing your Bible. I appreciate it. It's amazing. 
See, back in my day, they'd bring out a $100 bill. <laughs> oh, we do things through apps now. Who knows? Oh, man. How many of you are um, excited about being a part of an alive church? Are you pumped? Okay, good, because uh, I'm a hollaback preacher. Okay, everyone say hollaback. Okay, now this is not a spectator sport. This is not a monologue. This is a dialogue. You know what I'm saying? Y'all all in school. So we talking back. Uh, we're going to have some fun. This is going to be a conversation. Um, and we'll, we'll do some practice real quick. All right? And so if you hear something good and you know it's true, say amen. If you hear something good and you know God has been good, say hallelujah. If you hear something good and you don't know whether it's biblical or not, but it's still good, say preach it, white boy. You bunch of racists. What are y'all doing? Some of y'all get a little too excited about that. How many of you have ever heard of the story of Jacob? Now, y'all ain't heard the story of Jacob. Uh, here's the deal. Uh, anyone who tells me that the Bible is boring, they haven't read the first book of the Bible. No, I ain't playing with you, okay? Because I know some of y'all, y'all ain't never been to church before, and that's good. I love it. I'm excited. So you might be like, I ain't even, I don't even know what the Bible is, all right? Um, I will tell you this, that we do believe in the Bible, that it was written with 100% truth and 100% grace. That any time that the word of God is preached, it will never return void. What does that mean? It does not make mistakes. It will never fail. And it will always take you from point A to point B. So, here's what you got to understand about Jacob. Everyone say Jacob. Come on, look at your name and say, we about to talk about Jacob. Jacob is one of the most interesting characters in the Bible, okay? And he's going to be a guide for us tonight, and I'll, I'll give you a little context. Are you ready for this? I'll just kind of get you a little updated. Everyone say updated. I'm going to update you on what's going on with Jacob, okay? Jacob was born almost at the same time as his brother Esau. Everyone say Esau. If you knew that, raise your hand. All right, good. Not so bad, not so bad, not so bad. Um, Jacob was so crazy, so stingy, and so prideful, unlike any of us, that he would do anything to steal his brother's birthright, all right? He would do anything to steal his brother's birthright. So much, in fact, that he manipulated his mother into framing his dad and, and manipulating his dad to, to, to literally try and give him the birthright instead of his brother Esau. Everyone say, bad Jacob. Okay, 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 okay. Now here's what you also got to understand. Boys, are you listening? My bad. Men, are you listening? This man, Jacob, liked this girl so much, her name was Rachel, that he worked for 14 years to get her. Some of y'all ain't worked 14 minutes to get a paycheck, right? This man is working 14 years for a woman. I ain't gonna lie, I love my wife. But 14 years? <laughs> Look at your name and say, that's sus. It's a little sus, Jacob. <laughs> but you want, <laughs> all of you pastors about to freak out. The parents are in the room, y'all really about to freak out. Because y'all know where I'm going with this. Y'all think that it was sus that he worked 14 years for a girl. But you know what he also did? He accidentally slept with Rachel's sister. <laughs> the housewives of Atlanta ain't got nothing on the housewives of Canaan. You know what I'm saying? 
do you accidentally sleep? You can ask your youth pastor. I don't know. Um, I, I don't know. They're going to have to deal with that one. They're going to have to deal with that one. I, that's a different sermon. Jacob's messed up. Everyone say bad Jacob. Okay, okay. But I ain't done. Because Jacob, he was crazy, okay? Jacob was crazy. Jacob also ran away from home for 21 years. Now, stand up if you are younger than 21. That means for your whole life, he was running away from his family, okay? Sit down. 21 years. Like anyone ever tried to run away from home? I'm raising my hand. I did once. I did once. I didn't last 21 hours, homeboy. You know what I'm saying? You know when you're like, uh-huh, I'm packing, Dad. Like I do what I want. Uh-huh, I'm grown. I'm a grown man, Dad. Yeah, I'm a grown. And your voice like cracks. I'm a grown man. <laughs> yeah, I'm leaving, Dad. I got it. Like four hours later, you're like, Dad, can I come back? <laughs> Please. Jacob was a, an interesting man. I think by the end of this message tonight, what you're going to realize is that if God can love him, then there's definitely hope for you. If God can choose him to do some miraculous things, which we will talk about in a minute, let me tell you something. God has chosen you. Every single one of you, all the way to the very top, down here to the very front row, God has chosen you. And if we had the time to go around to every seat and name every name in this room, we would. But I'm telling you that God has chosen you. Look at your neighbor and say, God's chosen you. So this is what it says in Genesis 35, 16 through 18. I'm just going to read three verses. Genesis 35, 16 through 18. This is going to be good. This is going to be good. Are you ready for the word of God? Are you ready? This is it. This is it. This is it. This is it. Genesis 35, 16 through 18. If you got it, say, I got it. If you need more time, say, hold up. Well, hurry up, homie. Come on. All right. Look at your neighbor's Bible or something. It's the first book. It's easy. Real quick. Like first 20 pages. Genesis 35, 16 through 18, this is what it says. Then they moved on from Bethel. And while they were still some distance from Ephrath, Rachel, remember Rachel? Rachel began to give birth and had great difficulty. And as she was having great difficulty in childbirth, the midwife said to her, don't despair, for you have another son. And as she breathed her last, she was dying. She named her son Benoni. That's not a typo, homeboy. Look at this. She named her son Benoni. We'll get back to it in a minute, but thank God for part B of verse 18. But his father, Jacob, named him Benjamin. Oh, y'all already know. Y'all already know. I want to talk to you from the subject, and this is the title of my message, and hopefully you're taking notes. I want to talk to you from the subject of call it what you want. Call it what you want. Everyone yell three times, call it what you want.
Y'all remember when you could call anything and you would get it? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all remember when like, I mean, maybe you still do it now. Remember when you like, you, 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 you go out the front door and you're about to get in the car and what do you call? Shotgun. You know what I'm saying? Shotgun. I got it. Well, I got three boys. Here's what you need to know. I got a 14-year-old, I got a 5-year-old, and I got a 10-month-old. Now, here's the deal. They're cute. I'll show pictures later. Um, but here's the deal. My 14-year-old, oh, he think he's smooth. Now, my 5-year-old, he's crazy. He's got about as much energy of a 6-foot-6 six six person in a 2-foot body, okay? And here's the deal. He's understanding this concept of calling something because his brother is always calling things. And so he will always call things as much as he can. Now, it was funny. One day, my 14-year-old, his name is Brody. He's about the size of me, and he's bigger than me. So I don't mess with him, all right? He's my bodyguard, all right? And so here's the deal. I, I'm not going to lie. One day, walking to the car, my wife's driving, and this boy had the audacity to say, yo, dad, Shotgun. <laughs> I say, mortgage. <laughs> I say, I said, boy, have you paid for anything in your closet? <laughs> He's like, no, no, I, I didn't, Dad. I didn't. I said, uh-huh. <laughs> Allowance. <laughs> That's my that. I love it because it don't matter however much he wants to call. It don't mean a thing to me. Ooh, it don't mean a thing to me. How many of you still call shotgun every once in a while? It works now, but it might not work later. It might not work later. Here's the deal. Rachel called for another son. They have already had six sons at this point, Rachel and Jacob, and all she wanted was another son. All Rachel wanted was another son. And as you read in this passage, you realize that as she's asking for another son and another son is being birthed into the world, she is dying in the midst of this moment. Let me tell you something, teenagers, NYC. Sometimes God will answer your prayers, but it will cost us a price that we never thought it would cost us. Rachel was asking for a son, but she didn't know he would cost her her life. What are you asking for that you have no idea is going to cost you something? We're getting silent now, but when we go to school, all we call for is popularity. All we call for is influence. But do you know what that's going to cost you? You never know the things that you pray for, what it's going to cost you. And this is exactly where Rachel is. She's asking for a son. She's praying for a son. But it cost her life. It might cost you your plans. It might cost you your ideas. Probably going to cost you your time. Whatever you're praying for, I hope, I hope it costs you your pride. Whatever you're praying for, I know it needs to cost you your bad attitude. No matter what it is, it is going to cost you something. Look at your neighbor and say, are you willing to make a withdrawal? It's one thing to ask God to add something to your life and also wonder what you're going to lose in the process of what God will add. Because here's the deal, the fact of the matter is, is you know that they were celebrating. You know what I'm talking about? 
Like they just had a baby, they were celebrating, they were getting excited, they were pumped, right? They're having gender reveal parties, you know? It was crazy back then. They picked like different camels to decide whether or not it was a boy or a girl. I'm just kidding, I don't know. But I know they were playing DJ Khaled. Boom, another one, right? It's like baby at their baby. You know what I'm saying? Like they were so excited, pumped about having another baby and somewhere in the process it started taking a turn for the worst. You see, back in the day, many women would die in childbirth, right? They didn't have all this medication, all this technology, all that kind of stuff. So many women would die in the process of childbirth. And as you've read in this passage, she don't make it, all right? She dies. All right, that's the end of the story. She don't come back to life. All right, that's not that part of the Bible. Okay, she dies. What I want you to know is this. In our lives, when something is being born, something is always dying. Do you hear me? Anytime something is being born into your life, something else will have to die. Anytime. What do I mean? Well, if you want more leadership, your opinions might have to die. If you want more wisdom, your influence might have to die. If you want more strength, if you want more confidence, I don't know, but maybe Some things are going to have to die. But we live in this place, we live in this world, we live in this culture where I want everything. I want everything, 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 everything. If I can just get everything, then I will be happy. But let me tell you something, especially youth pastors, stand up in the room real quick, youth pastors. Come on, give it up for your youth pastors. Come on, aren't these the greatest people in the world right here? Youth pastors, woo I love you! Stand up, stand up, stand up. Don't sit down now. Stand up, keep standing up. This is just for youth pastors. You know, there was a time when I was leading a ministry of 40 teenagers. You know what all I wanted in that moment? Because I wanted 400. You ever been there? This is just for you. This is not for teenagers. Just wanted 400. Guess what? I got 400 one day. You know what I wanted at that moment? 4,000. And guess what? I got 4,000. And then you know what I wanted? It does not matter how much you get, how much is in that room, how much you feel like you are failing on Instagram. Let me tell you something. You are called, you are chosen, and you are picked for this very moment. And don't you dare ever give up. Ever. All right, Daddy Tim's gone. You can sit down. I think this is interesting. Something is always coming alive when something else is dying. You know, the interesting thing is your purpose should die so his can come alive. Your dream might be dying, but maybe your calling is coming alive. I said it earlier, your opinions might be dying, but maybe that's so your leadership can come alive. You know what's interesting is we need less opinions and influencers anyways, right? We need more leaders. Everyone say leaders. Woo! Did you know that opinions lead to division? Huh? 
Have you noticed this? Have you lived in the last year? Right? It leads to division. Did you know that division is a demon? You know how I know this? It moves. It moves. Y'all don't know what I'm saying? It moves. A year ago, it was black versus white. Six months ago, it was Republican versus Democrat. Right now, it's vaxxed or unvaxxed. Let me tell you something. Six months from now, it'll be something different. Maybe division needs to die so that unity can come alive. What would it look like if 3,000 teenagers came under one voice and one name and one presence and one Holy Spirit? Because I'm telling you right now, we can't keep doing what everyone's been doing for the last 50 years. It's not working, fam. It's not working. And I know what half of you are thinking. You're like, this dude's coming out hard out of the pocket right now. Hey, I didn't come here to entertain you. I did not come here to entertain you. You can go to Kevin Hart for that. He's a lot better at it. I look better. But he's a lot. <laughs> Just get it. I came to enlighten you on something that might actually change the trajectory of your future, of your kids' future, and of your life and of your family's life. It's too many times I'm watching teenagers kill themselves because they don't know how to get out of the isolation in their brain. They don't know how to find community. They don't know how to ask the right questions. They don't know how to go to the Word of God and find out where God is screaming at them. So you want to know something? This is serious. This is so serious. There are thousands of teenagers just like you, just like my 14-year-old, killing themselves because they care about popularity more than the Word of God. Because they care about the influence and what whoever says on Instagram more than the presence of the Holy Spirit. This is real. This is life or death. And Jacob is with Rachel watching his son be born happy, triumphant, and watching the very woman that he had worked 14 years for, die in his arms. Never going to see her again. Never going to experience an embrace. Never going to have her love ever again. You see, it's interesting. It is all fun and games until someone dies. It's all fun and games and contests and here and there and this or that until you have to go to a funeral of one of your friends. Three months ago, I had to do a funeral for a 17-year-old senior boy. He didn't think his life was over. He thought he had 60, 70 years left gone, done, out, finished, over. Spirit of God came into this moment with Jacob and with Rachel. Jacob feeling all of this back and forth. Have you ever been there? Triumph and trouble, right? Joy and sadness. It's interesting to me because we still in this world today still say the phrase, it's all good. Have you ever said the phrase, it's all good? Like, you know what I mean? They'll be like, hey, bro, how's your life? You're like, yeah, it's all good. Like, how things is your girl? Yeah, it's all good. 
Y'all ever said this before? Y'all looking at me like I'm crazy. Y'all don't say it no more? You say it a little bit? All right, thank you. It's all good. It's all good. You know what's interesting about this phrase? It ain't all good. It ain't all good. It ain't never just all good. If school's good, home's a little funky. Right? And then home gets good and your relationship with your girlfriend or with your boyfriend gets good, but then you fail in classes. It ain't just all good. And this is where Jacob is at, is it's just not all good. In fact, there is no point in time where it's just going to be all good. I want to break the myth of Christianity that if you come to Jesus, it's just going to be all good. No, it ain't. No, it won't. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's not how Jesus set this up. That's not how he set it up. It's not all good for Jacob because something's being born and something else is dying. And I know what every scholar is, you know, thinking right now or what every parent is thinking right now. But what about Romans 8, 28? Well, Romans 8, 28, let's look at this scripture real quick. This is what it says. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. And based off of the construct of that sentence, I take it to mean that if he has to work it all together for the good, that assumes that everything is not good before he gets a hold of it. Do you see it? But don't you hear it so many times, especially in churches, like, oh, he works all things together for your good. I'm like, no. Yeah, you're right. But that means it was bad at one point. And right now, it's bad. We got to get to a place where we can be honest with ourselves and go, you know what? It's not all good. Look at your neighbor and say, it's not all good. But the good thing about Jesus Christ is that he takes what's living, everyone say living, and he takes what's dying, and he works all things together for good. He does, he does. This is why we follow him. And it's all to bring forth his purpose in your life. Hey, let me, let me catch you up real quick. Um, has anyone ever told you you got a purpose? Okay, I'm about to bust your bubble. You ain't got a purpose, fam. That's not scripturally correct. <laughs> we go into class. <laughs> Bless up. That's not scripturally correct that we have a purpose. It's his purpose. And you have a part to play in his purpose. It's his purpose. According to his purpose. Not your purpose. But isn't that interesting? That's what we do. We make it all about us. And I think... Jesus is sometimes looking down. I mean, yeah, that's close, but man, you're really changing the trajectory of the entire Bible with just that one word. Because it's my purpose. And you have a part to play, but it is my purpose. Everyone say his purpose. Okay, okay. So let's move on to the Genesis 35, 17. This is what it says. It says, call the midwife. Everyone say, call the midwife. Ooh, I know y'all don't know what a midwife is, but everyone just say, call my friend. That's okay. We don't need to go through the whole uh, construction, diabolical construction of midwife. We will just say friend, okay? Call my friend. She says, don't despair for you have another son. She's talking to Rachel, don't despair. What does that mean? Don't be sad, don't be upset, don't be hurt, don't, don't, like, don't worry, you have another son. Let me tell you something, sometimes we need people in our lives to help us see that even if we're experiencing pain, God is still fulfilling his promise. And this is what was happening. Rachel was literally giving birth to what she had prayed for. 
but she was experiencing pain. And the midwife, the friend, came over and said, hey, don't be sad. You have another son. Let me ask you something. Do you have a friend? But do you have a friend that will be honest with you? That will let you know, even in the midst of tragedy, even in the midst of sorrow, even in the midst of hate or pain or despair, that they will come to you and still tell you about the calling that God has on your life. These are the kind of friends that we need. In essence, she's saying, I know you can't see it right now, but God is giving you what you prayed for. And she reminds Rachel of those prayers. And then Genesis 35, 18 says that with Rachel's last breath, she names him. turn the house lights up. I know what this big old thing is going to take a while. Oh, y'all fast. What? Y'all act like it's the glory or something. Um, raise your, right, ready? Raise your hand if your name's Benoni. Y'all a bunch of liars. My goodness. We're going to have an altar call later on. Jesus. Ah. Hey, I ain't going to lie to you, bro. I ain't never met anyone by the name of Benoni. I'm telling you right now, bro, that would be a playground rap battle right there. I mean, it would, oh my goodness, Benoni? Pepperoni Benoni? There's no way. Who wants to name their son Benoni? Okay. (laughs) Here's what you have to understand. I got a phobia, okay? You want to know what my phobia is? It's kind of weird, but it's real. Um, Anytime... I go and speak to teenagers. Um, anytime I go speak to my youth ministry, um, 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 I get a little nervous because, you know, nowadays it's like a real big deal that you know you kind of know, you know, what you got on your feet, and you know it's kind of like. The kids will be judging you for what kind of shoes you wear. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about? I'm looking at my youth pastors right now because I know exactly what you're feeling. And, and, and you know, that they, they start judging you, you know? They start looking at you like, oh, yeah, you're trying to be cool? <laughs> and what do they do? Um, if you ever get a colorway on, they're like, oh, yeah. All right, you, Pastor Trev. Yo, bro. Hey, I got a question for you. You just preached the best message of your life. And they're like, yeah. You're thinking, oh, man, you about to tell me a story about how God did something amazing in your life. And then you come over and you're like, yeah, hey, uh, what's the name of those shoes? Has this ever happened to you? What's the name of those shoes? I ain't going to lie, I got a phobia. Y'all coming to me asking me about this. Like, yeah, 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 see, do you know? You already judging me. See, do you know? Yeah, I know, because I got a 14-year-old son, and I asked him before I came on stage. I said, yo, bro, tell me what these shoes are. He's like, Dad, every time you got to do this? Well, I said, I got a new pair. I don't know what they are. <laughs> I just like the color. And he's like, they're Jordan 1 Pollens. And I said, okay, son, thank you so much. I appreciate it, because I know all these teenagers are going to come up to me after me like, oh, yeah, bro, those are them, what are they? Yeah, no, but y'all to be searching for me. I got a phobia, okay? It's just a real thing. It's just a real thing. I might not know because here's the deal. All y'all little fancy kids with your little kicks and your Jordans and your colorways and you got a different title and a different name for every different color, but one's like slightly different up on the check and then it's backwards and now it's Travis Scott and I don't know and I'm just like, what the heck? I I can't keep up with all these names. But you know what name I do know? I do know what Benoni means. Do you know what Benoni means? No, y'all don't know what Benoni means. See, I'm judging y'all now. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Let me tell you what Benoni means. Ben, everyone say Ben, means son. All right? Y'all want to know what Oni means? Oni means 
sorrow. Isn't this interesting? Benoni, son of my sorrow. So what you're telling me is Rachel wanted to name her son, son of my sorrow. And that makes a lot of sense. Because Rachel's not going to be there with him. Rachel's not going to be able to cheer for him at games. Rachel's not going to be able to love him. Rachel's not going to be able to take care of him, not be able to console him. And she names her son out of what she was going through while producing him. Be careful what you're naming yourself when you're going through a troubled time. Be careful what you're labeling yourself when you're going through a difficult situation. Because Rachel wanted to name her son, son of my sorrow. But you know that Oni also has two meanings. So Ben means, but Oni can also mean strength. She already know my message. <laughs> Oni can also mean strength. Isn't that interesting that both, that it can literally mean both sorrow and strength in the same breath, but yet they're completely opposed. But what if they're not as opposed as much as we think, right? What if great strength is born out of great sorrow? What if great confidence is born out of great despair? You see, the reality is, is that sorrow can produce strength. And I hope that helps someone today because you might be facing great sorrow. You might be sad. You might be upset. You might be hurt. You might be in pain. You might, you, 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 you. And let me tell you something, that today's sorrow can be tomorrow's strength. And the fact of the matter is, is if you want to rename your sorrow, you can. If you want to rename your despair, you can. Because look, Rachel named her son Benoni, son of my sorrow, son of my strength. But Jacob, well, okay, look, Rachel, literally her last dying request is Benoni. Okay? And Jacob. It says that Jacob loved Rachel. In fact, Scripture never says that Jacob even loved God. But it does say that Jacob loved Rachel. That's how much he loved her. And her last dying request is Benoni, and he goes, nah. It's not happening. Mm, nope. Look at your neighbor and say, nope. Come on, look at your other neighbor and say, nope. Woo! And, and, the, and the, the fact of the matter is, is that you know he was still hurting. You know that he was sad. You know that he was in pain. That he was experiencing tragedy. I mean, he has to live without Rachel, and that was the only thing that he loved. But he refused to name the child's destiny out of the child's history. He refused to do it. He wouldn't do it. And it says that at some point he named him Benjamin. Because in this time, fathers had naming rights. Nowadays, it's kind of 50-50. And it should be. It should be. I'm for that. Yay. Okay? I'm all about that. But back in the day, the women could suggest it, but the men had to sign off on it. Okay? The men had to approve it. And I only point this out because let me tell you something. People may have recommended you a name. They may have called you worthless. They have made, may have called you a failure. They may have called you hopeless. They may have called you untested, too young, not good enough, bad, fragile, weak. 
unorganized, confused. But let me tell you something, only the Father gets to name you. Only the Father gets to name you. Only the Creator gets to name you. I don't get to name these shoes, the Creator got to name the shoes. So it's interesting that why do you go to school every day and let them call you and label you and name you and you just sit right in it and begin to believe it? Did they create you? No. Did they make you? No. Are they your father? No. Do they have naming rights? No. Absolutely not. And only the father has naming rights. Everyone say only the father. So he calls him Benjamin, and I got to tell you what Benjamin means, and I'll end with this. The band can begin to come up. Jacob calls him Benjamin, and Ben means son, and Jamin means, okay, like Jacob is looking at a tragedy. He's upset, he's hurt, he's mad, he's in pain. Right? And this is, this is, this is, he still calls him Benjamin. And Ben means, and Jamin means, okay, you remember when Isaac, his father, right, couldn't see. Isaac was blind, okay? And Jacob wanted the blessing, okay? And he manipulated his father by dressing up as his brother so that he could get the blessing from Isaac. And the blessing in scripture comes from the right hand. Everyone say the right hand. So Ben means son, and Jamin means of my right hand. Woo! <laughs> this is good. This is good. So Benjamin means son of my right hand. What does that mean? Jacob has been trying his whole life to get the blessing of the right hand from his father. And in, in this moment of tragedy and hurt and despair and pain and loss, he realizes, I have a right hand. I have a right hand. I have a right hand, which means I have power. I have authority. This is my son. I created him. This is, I have the power to name him. I have the power to bless him. I have the power to give him authority. What he was saying was, look, it don't matter what I go through. I can call it what I want. Let me tell you something. All over this place, you can stand up. teenagers come into my office every week. You know what most of them say? Pastor, it's just, it's just so hard. Have you ever said this before? It's just so hard. What I'm going through is hard. What I've been through is hard. What I foresee is hard. There's no better way to say this than, and I'm not minimizing anything that you're going through. I'm not minimizing anything that has ever happened to you in your life, but I do wanna let you know this. Life is about choosing your heart. Everyone has got it hard. Everyone is going to find themselves 
in a hard place. No one gets to skip by in life and it just be easy. It's going to be hard. Every one of these people up here, it was hard one time in their life. It might be hard right now. Choose your heart. And stop blaming God. Stop blaming your pastor. And stop blaming your church for the heart that you're going through. But I can tell you this, no matter what you're going through, tragedy, loss, despair, hurt, upset, sadness, you can call it what you want. You can call it whatever you want. You don't really get to choose the circumstances that come your way, but you can call it what you want. I'm going to set some people free tonight because you have been going through some things. You have hated your entire high school career. You want to know something? (laughs) For four years, I sat alone at a lunch table. All four, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior, every day. And you know what I did? I called it what it was. I'm a loser. No one wants to hang out with me. No one wants to be with me. No one thinks I have anything to offer. And then I began to realize, actually, maybe I could call it what I want. Maybe because I can't get popularity, maybe I don't need popularity. And let me tell you something, it freed me It freed me because I realized I can call it whatever I want. Just like Jacob did. It's not going to be Benoni. It's not going to be what we're going through right now. It's going to be Benjamin. It's going to be son of my blessing, son of my power, son of my authority, son of my right hand. So some of you, let me tell you something. You need to rename your mistake. You need to rename your issues. You need to rename your problems. You need to rename your failures. You just need to rename it. And what's awesome about that is that you have all the control. You got it all. You got all the control to be able to rename. Look at your neighbor and say, rename it. Now, where did Jacob learn how to rename things? Because this is in Genesis. Do you know? It's okay. I won't put you on the spot. Where did did Jacob learn how to rename things? I can't help but think because you can only go so far back, right? Because this is in Genesis. But Jacob learns it from Adam. Animals didn't have names yet, but God gave Adam a job. He said, I'm going to give you naming rights. He didn't create the animals, but he got to name it. Just like I said, you don't get to choose what happens in your life, but you do get to call it what you want. Everyone say it. Most people in their life will just call it what it is. Anybody can do that. It doesn't take faith. It's depressing and it's discouraging. Are you tired of being depressed? Are you tired of living in anxiety? Are you tired of being worried for your entire life? Are you tired of it? I'm tired of it. I'm tired of watching you live that way. And I want to let you know, you can call it what you want. And you can call it what it is, and it will always be what it was, or you can call it what you want. You see, the fact of the matter is that Rachel wasn't wrong. It was son of my sorrow. But I call it what God says it is because you have the naming rights. And some of you in this room are about to get a name change. The thing about Jacob is that Jacob means deceiver. And he went through 91 years of his life before his name got changed to Israel. Do you know what Israel means? Triumphant with God. 
he had to go through all of these things in his life. And then he realized, you know what? It's time for a name change. And God began to change his name and change his meaning. I believe that there are over a hundred of you that have been stuck with the label from your parents, from your peers, from your school teachers, even from yourself, that you have labeled. And what God wants to do tonight is tear that label off and give you a new name. And this is all it takes. Because in the Bible, it doesn't say that Jesus created human doers. He created human beings, which means we don't need to do more events. We don't need to do more clubs. We don't need to do more hand raising. We ain't gotta do more, 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 and then God will love me. All he wants from you is to be. He just wants to be with you. So tonight, with every head bowed and every eye closed, I wanna give people the opportunity to come into a right relationship with Jesus Christ. It says in scripture that when you come into a right relationship and you ask Jesus into your heart, that your name is immediately changed and you begin to call it what you want and that the past is gone and the future is bright again. Some of you in this room, you're saying, I'm not waiting till session two. I'm not waiting till session three. I want to do something right now in my life. I want to get serious about Jesus. I, don't, I, I, I want to literally have everything that I was doing beforehand die so that something new can be born again in this moment, on this day, right here. And if you're ready to get serious with Jesus, I don't want you to come forward just because other people are coming forward. Come on, I want you to do it for yourself, please. Please. But you're saying, you know what? I want a new name. And I want to ask Jesus into my heart. I'm going to have you do something. We ain't going to do this measly raise your hand. We're going to be a generation that moves forward. And I want you to come down to the altar right now on the count of three. If you want a new relationship with Jesus Christ and a new name, come down to the altar. One, two, three. Step forward right now. Step forward. Even all the way in the back. Don't look at that as an obstacle or as a boundary. You run down here. You run down here. You get down here at the feet of Jesus. You get down here. Come on, people are coming. Come on, people are coming. They're saying, I want a new relationship with Jesus. I want a name change. Youth pastors, leaders, if you see a student of yours, you get your butt and hightail it over here. Because we're doing some praying tonight. Only come down if you want to come into a right relationship with Jesus. You're saying, this is the moment. You ain't playing with me? Because you can play with me, but you can't play with God. This is a real deal. This is life or death. This is amazing. I love it when people tell me, I don't know about this generation. <laughs> Your life is about to be radically changed, radically shifted. You are no longer worthless. You are no longer hopeless. You are a child of God. You are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. You are lifted up. You are You are confident. You are strong. You are holy. You are righteous. You are redeemed. You are delivered. You are hopeful. You are filled with grace and with destiny and with calling. People still coming down. Okay, I want you to raise both of your hands just like Jesus did for you. All he did was think about you when both of those hands are raised. He just kept thinking about you. Let me tell you something, keep both hands raised. Only, sorry, only the people who are saying, I wanna come into a right relationship with Jesus Christ. This is their moment right now. This is their moment right now. I want you to keep both hands raised and I want you to understand the dichotomy of this. Just like Jesus held both of his hands up for you, you wanna know why he stayed there? Because he kept thinking about you. What's your name? He kept thinking about you. What's your name? 
He kept thinking about you. What's your name? He kept thinking about you. What does that mean? When it gets hard, when it gets terrible, when it gets rough, when it gets tough, when it gets sad, when it gets lonely, when it gets depressing, you keep those hands raised and you keep thinking about Jesus. You keep thinking about his Holy Spirit. You keep thinking about his presence and you press in and you press in and you press in because God doesn't want you to do anything more except to be with him. Every hand raised right now that is saying, I wanna come into a right relationship with Jesus Christ, I want you to say this, say, dear Jesus, come on, you better mean it, say, dear Jesus, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for who the Bible says that you are. I believe that you died on the cross, you rose from the grave, defeating all sin, defeating all shame. Come into my life, make me a new creation, and I will follow you all the days of my life. Right now, what I want you to do is I want you to begin to rename your problem with your praise. Come on, begin to lift up your voice.